A reading of Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and shall be and shall and all the nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house of the god of jacob that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths for out of zion shall go forth the law and the word of the lord from jerusalem he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and shall and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you please stand with me as you're able, let's read the psalm together and pray it out uh, responsibly by whole verse. This side of the sanctuary, if you'll pray out the odd verses and this side the even verses. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. You may be seated. Reading from Romans 13, 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time. The hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. 
Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The Holy Gospel of our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Just a minute. There is a fire in there. <laughs> Isn't that the way Advent is, though? It starts off small. In the shadow of Thanksgiving, many people aren't even in church because they're still visiting family or traveling. It starts off dark. The darkness starts before dinner and it goes after breakfast. And there's one tiny little light that stands against it. Isn't that like Advent? And sometimes you feel like you can't even see it. You can't even see it. But there's a fire in there. There's a fire in there. The first Sunday of Advent is a Sunday that is full of invitations and anticipation. I'm wondering if you're the kind of person that gives an invitation and then tries to build it up or play it down. 
will you come over to our house? It's really not going to be a big deal. We're just going to put on a small spread and play some family games. It probably won't even be that fun, but you're welcome to come and join us. <laughs> or are you the person that issues the invitation and says, this is going to be epic. It's going to be the best party ever. Come over. The food will be wonderful. The games will keep you in stitches laughing. You'll have the best time ever. You have to come. Advent is a season full of invitations and anticipation. I love O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, our first carol today, our Advent carol. Just as an aside, John Mason Neal, who wrote it, was an Anglican priest. Just have to throw that out. Actually, he didn't write it. He composed the music for it. It's an ancient, ancient carol. But it begins with an invitation. It's our invitation to Emmanuel. And there's this implied desire that I want God with us. Not God remote, not God distant, not God far off, cloaked in the clouds and in the skies and behind the heavens. No, I want Emmanuel, God with us. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, thou branch of Jesse's tree. And then, and then it's an invitation to us. Each verse that we go through and we speak of our heart's longing turns around and invites us right back. Rejoice. Rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, because God with us is not remote. God with us is not clouded and cloaked in the heavens. He is coming. O come, O come, Emmanuel, invitations and a longing anticipation of the people of God waiting to be redeemed out of exile. If you look on, there's another carol, uh, Advent carol that we're going to sing during the Eucharist. And I love, the first time I ever heard this song was here at Redeemer, actually. We were living in northern Kentucky still at the time, and we were here in a December just happened to be here. And Father Paul played this song. It's Hark, a Thrilling Voice is Sounding. And again, it is an invitation. Hark, a thrilling voice is sounding. Christ is nigh, it seems to say. Cast away the dreams of darkness, O ye children of the day. The light began small, but it's growing. Come, children of the day, prepare your hearts. Prepare your hearts. This Advent, we are going to be focusing on the prophet Isaiah and his great, great writings. 
When I think of Isaiah, I think of Christmas, and I think of Advent. I think of the longing, anticipation, the invitations that God gives to his people, and his people long to see made real and alive. And God, when he gives an invitation, apparently doesn't play things down. God builds them up because he knows what the results are going to be. And so today we begin in Isaiah 2, the very beginning of Isaiah. And the promise is this. It shall come to pass in the later days, in the latter days, that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains. And it shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many peoples will come and say, and here's our first invitation. You ready? Come. Let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. This is what is interesting to me. This isn't, this isn't Israel's heart calling out to God as an invitation, come God. It's not God's heart calling out to Israel an invitation, come Israel. This is God's promise that his glorious invitation is beyond just one people group. That someday this invitation will result in all of the world turning to one another and issuing God's invitation on his behalf. Come, let us go. You and me, let us go to the house of the God of Jacob. Did you notice our, um, our response at the very beginning? We said, surely the Lord is coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. It is good to go to the house of the Lord. It is good to go to the house of the Lord. People will turn to one another and invite one another to come to with, together, come with me to the house of the Lord. And this is what it will mean. They'll make peace. They'll make peace. They will beat their swords into plowshares. And their spears that they had used to threaten and kill will be turned into pruning hooks to pull the fruit from branches to feed their enemies. That's a big invitation with a lot of anticipation. Is it not? And so he talks about this, Isaiah talks about this, and he comes to the end of the description. It says, nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And then he stops the vision from the future, and he speaks to Israel. No longer are we talking about this worldwide event. Now we're just talking about God talking to his people. 
And he says, here's what I want you to do to get ready for this. Ready? O house of Jacob, come. I'm inviting you. Come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. It's still there. It is still there. Advent is a time of invitations to you and to me to come. And it is a time to begin building our anticipation. And so today, today I want to invite you to prepare your hearts. I don't want to invite you to stir up emotions yet. Emotions are good, but today's not the day for an emotion. I don't want to invite you to run out and make up for what you missed on Black Thursday, or Black Friday. I almost said Black Thursday, right? Who knows? It gets awfully dark, right? It's, I'm not inviting you to any of that. I'm inviting you. No, excuse me. God is inviting you, and I get to do it on his behalf. God is inviting you to prepare your hearts for a manger. It's a long ways off, and the light is small, but it's coming nearer. My sons and I were talking on the way over here about how do you prepare your heart, and the Christmas carol came to my mind. Is it? I'm, I'm breaking the rules. I'm, I'm Christmas carols already. Um, we're not there yet, but this is a good one. It's um, the carol was, boys, what was it? In the, yes, In the Bleak Midwinter by Christina Rossetti. And the last verse says, what shall I give him, poor as I am? And then she writes in her poem, if I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. What shall I give him? Give him my heart. And so I want to invite you today, starting today, to look and recognize that it's time to start forgiving. That's what that means. It's time to start forgiving. Let us take the sword whether the sword be something that comes out of a sheath or the words of our mouth. Take the sword and beat it into a plow, which makes life. That is the incarnation, you realize. That is God reaching into humanity to take that which is fallen and lending itself to death and transforming it into something that brings resurrected life. And so, brothers and sisters, Church of the Redeemer, this Advent, I want you to make the decision. I want to invite you to make the decision to come with the person that you wield the sword against. So who is that? 
because that can be a lot of people, right? Sometimes it's members of our family. We're all here right after the Thanksgiving dinner. And I know that that can be a hard time, right? You get family there, that can be rough. Who is the difficult person that you need to take the sharp word and turn it into an implement that gives life? Who it is, a, is it at work or at school, the person who is vying for the same attention or the same job or the same awards and honors, your rivals? Prepare your hearts, friends, for the incarnation. Take those words and turn them to life on behalf of that person so that your life speaks to them. Come, let us go to the house of the God of Jacob that we may learn his ways and live in peace and live in love. Maybe it's our marriages. That's a tough one. And even in the best marriage, let's face it, friends, it's not always easy. What do your lips bring to life in your marriage? This Advent, husbands and wives, I want to encourage you to turn to your spouses and say, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us turn our marriage into something that gives life. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Come, oh, light of the world, and dwell in our hearts that we might be people of peace, who when the light is born in the manger, the smallest of lights are ready to receive it and carry it abroad. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.